Do you remember that one episode from Scrubs where Carla's talking to JD and she's mad at him because he's revealed a little too much of her true nature to Turk? This was back, I think, before Turk and Carla were dating. Um, and she said, no, you can't do all the crazy at once. You have to dole out the crazy. Well, this episode may or may not be a little too much for you. If it is, I apologize in advance. My goal with today's episode is to help you or to help somebody you love. And that's why I feel it's so important to share this, um, regardless of how crazy it sounds. So anyways, I guess without further apology, let's get into it. Welcome to The Alchemy of Things, a podcast diving deep into topics like skincare, holistic living, and the energy that connects us all. I'm your host, Brandi Searcy, founder and formulator of Rain Organica, where you'll find skincare you can take with you anywhere. The information provided in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant as a substitute for diagnosis, treatment, or advice from your healthcare professionals. I've really struggled with knowing whether or not to release today's episode. And part of that reason is because it's my own health journey and it's not to be it. So it's the path that I've followed. It's not a prescriptive path for all. And after I recorded it and listened back through, I realized there are quite a few places and a few te- a few of the things that I used that may not work for you if you want to try this yourself or if somebody that you love wants to try this. And this specifically is for a path towards less meds and towards a healthier thyroid um, if you've been diagnosed with an autoimmune thyroid condition. So specifically during this, again, this is my own health journey. This is the path that I've followed for the past few months as I've tried to um, come off the use of synthetic thyroid hormone. It's not the full story. It is the Cliff Notes version of this chapter of my health journey. And some of the key pieces that I've left out are, for instance, I only briefly mentioned going gluten-free early on in my diagnosis of Hashimoto's and then just how big of a role I believe coming off the birth control pill has made in journeying towards being able to titrate um, to a lower dose and off um, the synthetic thyroid hormone. In addition to that, it's key to consider that autoimmune, basically underactive or overactive thyroid is a symptom of an autoimmune thyroid condition. It is just one symptom. Like it's the symptom that is most readily available for diagnostic tools and for tracking. However, it is not the disease in and of itself. So that's also really important to 
remember um, is something that I talk about during the episode, but I feel I didn't do, I didn't do a good enough job of explaining that during the episode. So I wanted to highlight it here at the beginning before we get into it. Um, the other thing when it comes to a couple of the techniques that I implemented or a couple of the, not techniques, but the tools that I used for tracking my progress and the, I would say the, the function of my thyroid is I mention how many times a day I poo during the episodes. We talk about constipation um, and then also daily weight checks, which this can be triggering. This might be triggering for somebody. And if you're that somebody, that may not be the healthiest way to approach it. I'm all for so with me, I'm very data driven and I like to have lots of data. So for me, like a daily or a nearly daily, you know, sometimes it would go two or three days between weight checks, but I wanted to keep a pulse on that pretty closely as a way to monitor. And it didn't mean that I would adjust my thyroid meds when I noticed a slight fluctuation on the scale, because there are so many factors that play into that, where you are in your menstrual cycle what, how much water you're retaining. I mean, all of the things that play into that, how much you worked out, like what your constitution is, whether you tend to lose weight, um, on days when you're not working out. So, uh, all of this plays into it as well. And I would use it as information and not necessarily use it to make daily adjustments. So just want to be key with that, that this has been, you know, the path that I'm talking about here, I'm talking about a three month segment of that path. Um, the journey itself has been much longer and, you know, the diagnosis has been much longer, but in the past three months, I've done a ton of stuff. And just because I'm where I'm at today, doesn't mean that it's not still a journey and that I don't, that, you know, I'm, cured because that's something else to talk about in the process. Again, your thyroid is just one symptom of autoimmune thyroid condition and it's the one that's most easily tested. And that's why um, doctors rely on testing TSH, hopefully T3 and T4 um, and checking in on that. And the other thing that I, speaking of doctors, the other thing that I want to make clear is I was not doing any of this in a vacuum. I do have six-month check-ins and six-month lab work on where my levels are with my Western medicine doctor. Um, and it is key, of course, when it comes to your health, you are, you're the quarterback, basically. Like, you're the team, you're the all-star on the team. You're the, you're the driver, you're the coach, you're the quarterback, you're whoever it is that's coming up with all the game plays. You're that person. Um, and your doctor is like the supporting staff, the linebacker, the, like the muscle, bringing the muscle to the group. Um, however, you have to have a good relationship and a good rapport with your doctor. And that's the only way you're, you'll ever be able to get anywhere. 
Um, and this, you know, this isn't a preach. This is just things I've learned on the journey that it works so much better. Like it's key. The only thing that's critical in a doctor is one that's listen that one that will listen and one that's willing to like treat you instead of treat your labs. That's my personal opinion of a good doctor. Those are the two best doctors I've had, um, in my life when it comes to Western medicine. And the, like, I often don't, I feel like I'm rambling here, but this is also important. I also, I also don't let my Western medicine doctor know that I'm trying some of these harebrained schemes sometimes because they're not trained in these. This isn't, this isn't part of their training. And so it's a little too challenging for them. And so instead I'll approach it as, Hey, you know, it's been a while since we've checked the labs. I've made some alterations. I can to my diet, to my meds, to whatever the thing is, can, would it be okay if we checked this additional thing again? And you'll hear, I choose my battles. Um, you'll hear during this conversation, I've only had my anti-TPO checked twice. And that is the marker to determining autoimmune thyroid. That's one of the two markers for determining autoimmune thyroid state. So it's your anti-thyroid peroxidase and your anti-thyroglobulin both need to be checked. In addition to, well, honestly, those two need to be checked to indicate um, autoimmune thyroid condition, period. So, uh, let's see. I think, oh, the other thing as we're talking through this, because the word constipation means different things to different people. How I'm using it is a very... Um, Basically, I assume myself to be constipated if I don't go to the bathroom within two hours of waking up. So that's a very um, narrow view of that. Your constitution, you maybe only have a bowel movement once a day, maybe once every other day. So this is something that that definition will vary. Um, however, that's where I'm coming from when I talk about it. So anyways, um, TMI already. Let's get into today's episode. A few weeks ago, I had the delight for sitting down with Rebecca Deal. Oh my goodness. With Rebecca Leonardis, uh, the host of Planting Wildflowers podcast to talk about a variety of things. And I was listening back through that episode and realized, so specifically, we kind of took a little bit of a deep dive into my diagnosis with Hashimoto's and where I'm at with that today. And as I went back and listened to that episode, what I realized is I left out some key points that are very important. If you've been diagnosed with an autoimmune thyroid condition, um, specifically high, um, specifically Hashimoto's. And if you'd like to try to reverse that like I'm trying to do. So here today, I wanted to walk you through the entirety of that history and kind of the steps that I've taken and what you should be especially cautious of, because this is not something to take lightly. Your thyroid hormones are so crucial for balancing your entire body and they're specifically linked to your heart. 
So you can really wind up with some serious conditions by being in a hypo or hyperthyroid state. And so to try to wean yourself off thyroid meds, especially if you're on a higher dose of synthetic thyroid hormones, there are some cautions. So I wanted to talk through that a little more deeply today. Before we get into this episode, if you haven't had a chance to listen to my interview with Rebecca, head over to today's show notes and and hit that link over to that episode. We talk about so much more than just Hashimoto's, and it's definitely worth a listen in and of um, itself. All right, so we'll get into it. Back in 2016, I started gaining weight and had no appetite. This was to the point where I was forcing myself to eat three meals a day and I was still gaining weight and nothing had changed in my life. Like my level of exercise hadn't changed. My diet hadn't changed. And I also started, I had some other symptoms, which is why I went to the doctor. So to begin with, so, um, because honestly, I knew they weren't going to take me seriously walking in and say, yeah, I gained five pounds and I have no appetite. Like, yeah, come on. They're not going to take me seriously. Um, so what was going on with me otherwise back in 2016 is at that time I had gall sludge. I'd, I feel like that was something I was diagnosed with in 2015. It might be off a year there. And I'd been managing it with acupuncture. It was helping a lot with the symptoms. And there were certain foods that definitely triggered it. For me, it was dairy and pork. Um, So those would exacerbate my symptoms. In 2016, you know, I was doing all the things to try to support my gallbladder and my liver with thinning out the bile. So it was eating more beets and eating more, just eating more things that would thin out the bile And I had this uh, brilliant idea, and here I'm using air quotes, to incorporate some bile acids in the form of a tablet um, into my, you know, into my everyday supplements. And um, so I took one of these bile acids, and this was not a good idea. It wound up so extreme tummy ache, and also, you know, diarrhea. And (laughs) what also happened is I had bilateral swelling in both earlobes, and they were red, and I wound up with a bilateral rash on both shins. So that means a rash on the front of both legs. And um, this was in the springtime and we'd been out mulching, like we'd just moved and we'd been out mulching in the front. And I thought it was something I'd gotten into in the mulch that I was allergic to. So I kind of wrote it off and didn't think anything of it until the, uh, the rash in both shins didn't go away. Now the swelling in my earlobes went away and what I chalked that up to was the same day that I'd taken the bile acids for the first time, I'd also taken an ibuprofen. And while I'd never had an issue taking ibuprofen before, I was thinking, well, maybe the bile acids had increased my gut permeability and 
taking the ibuprofen at the same time, maybe I just had like a sensitivity reaction or something to it. But the rash on my shins didn't go away. So I scheduled an appointment with the doctor, went in, you know, showed what was going on, told them about, told the doctor about my weight gain um, and my loss of appetite. And I don't remember at this point if that was the doctor that told me that um, well, you're 35 and you're a woman, so these things happen and just chalked it up to, you know, my metabolism shifting. I don't remember if that was the time or not. What I do remember is walking out of the doctor's office frustrated because they didn't do anything and offered no real, um, you know, they probably, she probably ordered some labs, but there was nothing of course, the labs were all normal, so there was nothing, no follow-up. Let's put it that way. Just a, oh, let's just wait and see. Um, so over the course of the next roughly year and a half to maybe about two years, I had that rash on my shins. It would get a little bit better. It felt like when I sat out in sunlight and like sunbathed, but it was still there. Um, and it was worse on one leg than it was the other. Now, during that year and a half, I saw other doctors, I'd gone to the dermatologist, had it biopsied. Um, and there was no, there was really no diagnosis. Um, the biopsy, they just said, oh yeah, like it's not there. There wasn't a clear diagnosis even from the biopsy basically. Um, in the meantime, of course, I had been doing a lot of research and the biopsy results, there was something about the biopsy results, I think that had mentioned glucosamine and glycans, which are something that's naturally produced in your skin. Actually, hyaluronic acid is a glucosamine and glycan. The short name for those are GAGs. And um, I think there was something from the biopsy report that might've mentioned that. And so like I grasped onto it and started researching it and found out that um, with Graves' disease, there's something called pretibial myxedema, which is a rash that presents on the shins, typically, or somewhere in the lower legs. Um, and it's due to an issue with how your body makes hyaluronic acid or these gags. Um, and again, it's associated with Graves' disease, which is hyperthyroidism rather than hypothyroidism. But suspecting that there was something going on with my thyroid, I grabbed onto that. And so the next time I went to the doctor, I had several of these papers in hand, along with papers on, because the other symptom that I'd been having for that roughly year and a half um, was it just felt like my lymph node in my neck, you know, right around where your thyroid gland sits, so like right around your Adam's apple, it felt like the lymph node in my neck on the right side, right there, was swollen very frequently, and it would drive me crazy. It didn't hurt, but it was swollen. Like I could feel it from the out. Like I didn't have to palpate it. It annoyed me. Um, so I had this whole stack of papers also on Hashimoto's being linked to enlarged lymph nodes in your neck. So, and at this point, you know, I, I, this was the fourth doctor I'd gone to see. And he finally said, yeah, we need to test your anti-TPO, which is anto 
anti-thyroid peroxidase antibody. And let's go ahead and test your anti-TG antibody as well, which is anti-thyroid globulin. So he finally, like he tested those and my anti-TPO was high, which indicates that I have autoimmune thyroid condition. And because all of my symptoms with the exception of that rash on my leg were aligning with Hashimoto's, so low thyroid instead of, or underactive thyroid instead of Graves disease, which is overactive thyroid. Um, even though my labs were normal, like my TSH, my T3, my T4, even though those were normal, he went ahead and put me on the lowest dose of levothyroxine, so synthetic um, thyroid hormone that is possible. And um, I kind of titrated up. So he said, take one of these, you know, once a day, and it's it's a really low dose. It's like 25 micrograms. It's nothing. Um, take one of these once a day. And I kind of titrated up because, you know, I was a little little scared of overdoing it. So I did a quarter of a tablet a day for a while and then um, weaned up to like, you know, really wasn't doing anything, weaned up to half a tab. And eventually I went to one tab. And when I went to one tab, that rash on my leg resolved. <laughs> so I was on to something. And in addition, my appetite improved and um, the number on the scale stopped going up which was great. It was, that was fantastic. Um, so this was pro I, I lose track. It was, uh, I think it was 2018. Um, so for the next two years, just kind of floated along, I decided in early 2021 to, basically put my Hashimoto's into permanent remission or cure myself of Hashimoto's, which in Western medicine, there is no cure for an autoimmune condition. Um, so I decided to do the impossible according to Western medicine. And I came across Dr. Marian Tuttlebaum's book on healing your thyroid. And this book changed my life. So I had no idea that our liver, so your liver impacts your thyroid. And there's a huge connection between these two. I had no idea. About that same time, I picked up um, Dr. Jolene Brighton's book on coming off the pill. And her book was the first time that I'd ever heard about a connection between the um, synthetic estrogen, so ethyl estradiol that's in oral contraceptives, and your liver. Um, I thought I'd like I've read the package insert. I know, like total nerd, but I have read the package insert on multiple birth control pills. I consider myself somewhat of a birth control pill connoisseur. Um, 
I guess I had just skipped right over in the package insert where it links gallbladder disease with um, pill use. I mean, it's, it's a pretty high odds ratio. It's like three to one compared to non-pill users. And so this insight from Dr. Teitelbaum's book about the liver thyroid connection and then from Dr. Brighton's book about the pill and gallbladder disease, I decided to come off the pill. And I didn't do this in a vacuum. This had been something that um, I've had really good doctors. So I've been fortunate enough to have a couple of really good doctors in my life. And um, back when I was living in Colorado, starting around 2010, 2011, my doctor there told me that I really should consider coming off the pill. So that was the first time. And she maintained that stance the entire time that I saw her um, through, through the time that I moved in 2016. And then when I came here, um, in 2021, after reading Dr. Teitelbaum's book, I booked a consult with her. And that was one of the first things she advised was come off the pill. So it took those two doctors, and they're not the only two, but they're the two biggest examples, or the two biggest influences, I should say. Um, It took those two doctors, and it took 10 years for me to say, okay, yeah, you're right, I should. Um, And a whole mountain of research in in addition to that. But anyways, um, so I came off the pill in 2021. And this was after I decided that I could put Hashimoto's into remission. Um, In addition, I started following some of the Ayurvedic principles that, well, honestly, I don't like Dr. Tattlebaum definitely alludes to them in her book. It took beyond her book to get me to listen. Um, once again, I'm a little bit stubborn. Um, so anyways, beyond that. And so what I have incorporated from Ayurveda is the daily routine, this going to bed by 10 PM, which I know sounds insane for an adult to have a bedtime of 10 PM, which seems crazy early. Um, But there's a reason for that. And the reason for that is because between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., your body is in an active state of recovery and working and rebuilding itself. And this happens during the daytime too. However, during those hours, those are our waking hours, and those are times when we likely are most efficient and most productive Um, and are focused on other things like eating lunch and you know, actively in that building instead of recovery phase. So we really need that same time window between 10 and 2 at night for the body to recover. That's when it's doing a lot of the work. So I incorporated that. Um, I don't stick to it 100% by any means. Um, Most of the time during the week, I'm pretty good. Friday and Saturday are wild card days. Um, and I, and those days I usually, uh, can tell if I stay up too late and here I'm talking about past 11. Um, I can tell the next day because my lymph node swells. So this would be a really good place to say what 
the levothyroxine doesn't help with, and that is the lymph node swelling. So it, the, basically a synthetic thyroid hormone is going to help cover up, or it doesn't even cover up. It, it eliminates the symptoms associated with low thyroid. And those symptoms for me were, or are, I should say, constipation, no appetite, weight gain, and before the diagnosis, it was that rash on my leg. Fortunately, knock on wood, that has not recurred. Um, the three symptoms that are easily monitored for me on a daily basis are constipation, appetite, and weight. Um, and those are the three that I use while I'm trying to wean myself off that low dose of levothyroxine. Rebecca, in her interview, asked me, when's the last time you had your TPO checked? Like, do you know how well you're, or your, sorry, your anti-TPO checked? Like, do you know how well you're doing on this path to putting Hashimoto's in remission? And I told her, yeah, to be honest, 2019 was, the, I've only had my anti-TPO checked twice, once when I was diagnosed and about a year later. The reason for that is, Western medicine doctors don't really like to check your anti-TPO. And the reason for that is because, according to Western medicine, autoimmune conditions cannot be cured. So the stance is that even if your anti-TPO fluctuates, it's not indicative of you being cured. It's just, an in, it's just indicative of your disease state at that time. Um, because between the first and second time that my anti-TPO was checked, it dropped, it was still above the normal range. So it still indicated an auto, like autoimmunity to my thyroid. However, it had dropped. So, um, you know, my thought, what, what I asked my doctor was, Hey, does this mean that I am recovering from or moving towards remission or moving towards cure. And he said, no, it does not mean that. And that's when he gave me the whole spiel. And what I had done to get it to drop was go gluten-free. We'll talk about gluten and your thyroid hormones in an upcoming episode. Um, and why, like why it is that gluten specifically interferes so much with um, your thyroid. The, let's see, was that the only thing I did? Yeah, that was the only thing I'd, I'd done to try to reverse the autoimmune. So here we're kind of dealing with two things. We're dealing with underactive thyroid, and then separately from that, we're dealing with autoimmunity. So... What is typically checked is your thyroid um, hormone levels. If you're lucky, all of them are checked. Most of the time, doctors only only check your TSH. And here's the thing about TSH. It fluctuates on a daily basis. Like it has a daily cycle. TSH is released during the night. So if you have lab work in the morning, 
and it's within the normal range, but let's say it's just like, um, it's borderline on the low end of that. It doesn't mean that you don't have hyperthyroidism. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, a low TSH value linked with hyperthyroidism. Just like if you have your TSH checked in the afternoon, so like after you get off work and it's high, but it's still in the normal range, doesn't mean that you don't have hypothyroidism. And TSH is the worst way to diagnose hyper or hypothyroidism um, because TSH is actually produced in your pituitary. So it's no real indication of whether or not your thyroid gland is making the T3, the T4, the free T3, or you know what your circulating T, uh, free T3 and free T4 values are and how much reverse T3 is in your system. So um, anyways, let's see. Back to, so my anti-TPO has not been checked since 2019. It's only been checked twice. And then again, what I'm doing on a daily basis to monitor is I'm looking at my own symptoms and those are my three symptoms. And so when I started titrating off the levothyroxine, again, I'm super low dose. I titrated slowly up to that dose, even though the doctor didn't say, yeah, take a quarter of a tub, half tub one tab. Here I should say I am not a medical professional. Please do not take my advice for anything. Seek your own health care professional for guidance. I have a tendency not to listen to doctors. Um, so anyways, I titrated up slowly and likewise I titrated down slowly and I used my own symptoms as a way to measure how well I was doing as I started titrating down off um, the levothyroxine. So where I'm at today, as of the day of this recording, which is Halloween 2021, is um, I am off my levothyroxine. I've been off for, so I'm playing with it. Right now I've been off for a few days. My appetite is fantastic. Um, when it comes to constipation, so this is something if you struggle with how I gate this is, you know, I tend towards being constipated, especially since my, uh, Hashimoto's diagnosis. Well, since prior to it, but anyways, um, how I gate this is I ask myself, When's the last time you've had magnesium? Have you taken any triphala? Because this is something new that I'm taking that is Ayurvedic. Um, have you had any triphala in the past few days? And if the answer to both of those questions is no, those are my first courses is magnesium first and then the triphala. And I try to be good about taking magnesium every day as a supplement. It just doesn't always happen. Um, so... Those are the first two questions I ask with regards to that. So that's kind of like a third gate um, into whether or not I need to bring back in a little 
tiny dose of the levothyroxine. Again, my, um, my appetite has been really good. I weigh myself on a daily basis. I weigh myself in the morning. My, um, my, my scale is right under my yoga mat. So (laughs) I'll grab my yoga mat off the wall and well, I'll step on the scale, see what I weigh, then grab my yoga mat off the wall and go do yoga. So, um, Anyways, that's how I handle that. Now, the swelling, that lymph node swelling in my neck, that is significantly better since I've adopted the daily routine um, that Ayurveda recommends and also started practicing some of the eating habits of Ayurveda. And here specifically, it's not necessarily an Ayurvedic diet because heaven knows we don't need another diet. It's more the principles of eating. So Ayurveda recognizes that many of us struggle with digestion and really focuses on digestion as kind of the primary cause, is one of the primary causes of many disease states. And so there are recommendations for food combinations. Um, There are recommendations for how your food is prepared. So there's a big emphasis on not necessarily fresh and raw, but on cooked and warm. So that makes it more easily digestible. And that has definitely helped. The other thing that I know is linked to inflammation in that lymph node is stress. And, um, Back when I was first diagnosed, it was always on Thursday and Friday when that swelling was the worst. I could almost like, you know, go ahead and schedule it in my calendar. These are going to be bad days. And I think it was because it was just the stress of the week and also probably lack of sleep. Um, I am sleeping more these days than I was then getting a solid eight hours a night instead of like you know, seven, seven and a half. Um, the other thing that would trigger it is a one-on-one with my boss. And fortunately I don't have that boss anymore. Um, so that's gotten a lot better. However, like ahead of any kind of stressful meeting, I will notice, um, that lymph node swelling. Um, that fortunately for me, that hasn't happened in about a month, what has happened is I've had a late night, um, and my lymph node was swollen the next day. And so I, I, at this point, I don't feel like I've put my Hashimoto's into remission completely. Um, I feel like my thyroid is definitely functioning better than it has in years by itself, just from the fact that I've been able to titrate back down off the levothyroxine and I'm not having, um, Yeah, I would, I would go ahead and say I'm not having those symptoms, you know, during this titration back to zero, back to no levothyroxine, it was a a little bit of a trial and error. So it was stepping down from one tablet a day to three quarters tablet a day, and then seeing how my body reacted and giving it enough time, like giving it a, you know, a full two, maybe three weeks and trying to titrate down a little bit more. And there were times when I needed to go back up, like I stepped down to half a tab and 
it just wasn't enough. Like it wasn't enough support. So stepping back up. So, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty long process. I mean, this has been about a three month journey to get back down to zero. And I started at a very low dose. So now again, if you are higher dose, you definitely need to be working with your doctor because you need, you need a pulse on all of your thyroid hormones. Um, cause it could be serious. And that's just, even if you're at steady state and things are changing, because what happens oftentimes with Hashimoto's is as your body continues to attack your thyroid gland, at some point your thyroid becomes hyperactive. And then that cha- that takes you from your hypo state, so your underactive state to an overactive state. And that can be critical and life-threatening. So Wherever you are on the spectrum, if you have any kind of autoimmune thyroid condition, it really is important to work with your doctor and to see your doctor. Um, And also like to be aware of your own symptoms. And I mean, you can believe if, if I start seeing the number on the scale drop and I, or my appetite starts coming back like crazy and I think, okay, <laughs> well, maybe I thought I was putting my Hashimoto's in remission, but maybe I'm not in remission. Maybe I'm actually headed towards Graves' disease. I'm going into a doctor and figuring out what's going on. And um, the other thing to remember and just keep in mind, and this isn't to scare, this isn't to scare you. This is just for your information. Anytime you have a consistent state of inflammation in the body, I personally feel like that's a chance to invite in something serious like cancer. So it's really important to keep an eye on this. Like if you notice any changes, if, you know, you develop new symptoms, if there's something else going on, like even if you feel it's not related, I mean, that's just like this lymph node enlargement. It's not related to how the thyroid is functioning, but it is part of this disease. It is part of this autoimmune, um, response in my body. And so if that, if that changes, like if it gets worse and I'm not able to control it, like I have been, or if another node becomes involved, like if it migrate, if it's, if it expands beyond so far, it's just been on the right side, but if it expands and starts affecting both sides of my neck. I'm going back in for another um, lymph node ultrasound. Um, so this is just, and and again, like I say, it's not to it's not to scare you. It's just to give you additional food. Like the, regardless of whether you believe you only live once, or whether you believe we're reincarnated forever and always endlessly. Um, you only get this body once and it's up to like, it is your responsibility. It is nobody else's responsibility. It is your responsibility to take care of. And so for that reason, like put your health first. I, I absolutely hate the term self-care because it sounds so indulgent And it is not indulgent at all. It is necessary maintenance in order to have this body that we're given 
function for us and have our mind function for us and actually be able to enjoy this life that is such a gift. All right. I hope that this has helped um, shed a little bit more light on what you're capable of on how to approach this if you have been diagnosed with auto, um, autoimmune thyroid and like you would like to try to reverse it or to cure it. Um, I think it's something that you are, I feel like it's something anybody is totally able to do. I would highly recommend Dr. Teitelbaum. I think she's, um, I think she's fantastic. I think she's amazing. If you read her book, just know, don't drink the teas. (laughs) I tried that. It was not a good idea. It was a very bad idea. Um, and honestly, like herbs are like essential oils. They're extremely powerful. So I would say use them under the guidance of a practitioner. Um, All right. I think that's all I want to say about this episode. I hope, again, that this has helped in some way. Please feel free to reach out to me with any questions. And if you know somebody that this might help, definitely definitely go ahead and hit that share button. All right. Until next time. Bye.